this is Jim Lee, and you're watching Geek Spakes. <laughs> that's, that's hard to say, man. Stan Lee kept saying Dickscape. Oh, he said it like three times. Geekscape. Hi, this is Jim Lee, and you're watching Geekscape. You did do better than Stan Lee. <laughs> Jim Lee did better than Stan Lee. <laughs> nice. The, I, Thanks, I Jim. About Thanks for telling me beforehand. Welcome to Geekscape, the movies, video games, and comic book reviews and news podcast. Uh, I'm Jonathan London. Every week I'm joined by a guest. This week we have a very short, special show, because not a whole lot has happened, uh, with our good friend Graham Douglas. He is nice enough to come over and talk to us about a game he's addicted to, which is Arkham Asylum. A lot of you guys have been playing this Batman Arkham Asylum games. Uh, this game has gotten critical review, reviews. I think it's like 97 on uh, Metacritic. Uh, I'm not finishing my words. I'm saying critical review. Ooh. That has an S on the end of it. And even then, uh, what the hell does critical reviews mean? Uh, I think critics it, uh, have yeah. been reviewing it. Yeah, uh, favorably. Yes, that's, that's exactly. He's like, he's like, what the fuck does it mean? Uh, I like how you answered your own question. You did it audibly, whereas the rest of us have the social tact to keep it inside our own heads. <laughs> um, that's why we think you're an idiot. That's why we think you're an idiot. That's why we think you're an idiot. Uh, Guys, I am obviously tired from last night's uh, Hollywood Outdoor Cinema, but uh, we're getting it together, and we got Graham here to talk about Batman Arkham Asylum. We can we got we can talk some comics, and we've got clips from Comic Con to show you guys what. Before we get started, yes, what do you need? We need to. uh, (laughs) So urgent. Remember somebody today. Oh yeah, that was big news. Um, uh, in, in, why? In, in, well, in Final Destination, you DJ AM right, right, yeah, right, right, survived right. a plane crash and then it's a, ended promo. up dying but it's just a, a year promo. later. Tragedy. It's tragedy. That's enough of that. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Um, you, you didn't read my update that he was spinning in his grave? <laughs> heaven, heaven is a lot douchier. Waiting in line. Oh, that's a terrible joke. I mean, all of Crazy Town's going to do a reading sooner or later. Sooner rather than later up there. Ugh. How do you how do you survive a plane crash and then fucking die of a drug overdose? Rock and roll. There's no rock and roll. I'm invincible that. now. His name's Adam Goldstein, by the way. Uh, maybe not rock and roll. So fuck him three times. Jesus Christ! What, wow. He's Jewish? No, because his name's Adam. He goes by DJ AM. There's one. He uh, survived a plane crash and then died of a drug overdose. That's two. And fuck uh, him for dying. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck him for dying. You don't you don't get second chances like that, and uh, he was a, a club DJ. That's so it. so you don't even call you don't <laughs> even you don't you don't even call him rock and roll. You call him just a dude who showed up with his iPod. Yeah, his mind hey, if I plug in. Yeah, I've got albums. <laughs> you guys want to listen to them? <laughs> oh, pay me ten thousand dollars. Show up and we'll do it. So, um, all sensitivity aside, this is Geekscape. We sincerely enjoy talking with you guys. Uh, and talking about the things that we enjoy uh, Passionately at times So Graham um, Batman Arkham Asylum You messaged me I got a text earlier this week That said This game is awesome The Scarecrow level is insane and talk, I, I, talk about this game Because I played the demo And it just felt to me I know that you're, fan, you're a fan of Hitman You're a, hit, a fan of a lot of those um, Stealth games mm-hmm. I, I was playing the demo And I was like You know what It is a lot of stealth well, that was that's just part of it. Okay. The demo is di- weird because the demo is not straight uh, a chunk of the game. What is it? It's it's just showing the mechanics of it really. Like oh. that that art that interior is in the game, but it's not how you do it in the demo. Does that right. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you have the stealth, you have the combat, which is great. You have the gadgets, which is super fun. Like I'll spend ten minutes just bat. Zipping around, <laughs> going rooftop to rooftop, it's just fun. Uh-huh. 
everything about it. The the combat makes you feel like like it, it's the the Christian Bale style of Batman fighting, where it's all in close and elbows and joint locks and stuff like that. Uh-huh. It's just real satisfying. And those all have those all have like corresponding buttons and, and no, it's really the the it's it's really just the two buttons. It's, so it's pretty for the natural. Most part. Yeah, it's, uh, but it's not a beat 'em up because you know mm-hmm. beat 'em ups kind of descend into just button mashing. Yeah. Well, there's there's moments like that. Mm-hmm. Like you'll realize that you can't do the stealth stuff at times. Right. There's sometimes where you have to do it. Otherwise, there's other times where you have to run through ten guys, and they're like waiting for you at the end of a hallway. So it's like you have no choice but to just go in and and try to get the combo multipliers. And there are those. Yeah. Well, it's like you get you gain experience, so you get upgrades. And when you're locked in Arkham Asylum with the most dangerous criminals. Where do the upgrades come from? It's not like Alfred can drop you a care package in the middle he, of it. Uh, he, you, at one point, you literally call in the bat jet. It runs through a window. Oh, really? At the Botanical Gardens, and it drops you the zip line that you need to get across. Is Batman trying to get out, or is he just trying to confine the villains again? He's trying to confine the villains. Okay, so... the Joker's up to no good. Well, that's a familiar story. Um, people are calling this the best superhero video game of all time. I'm a little partial to you know, games that I can play with other people. Because that's superheroism Being part of a team to me um, Some of the games that I've really enjoyed That are superhero games Are of course the, the Ultimate Alliance games The original Spider-Man Genesis Did you ever play that? If you played it on anything other than hard It would stop you in certain parts of the game And be like alright this is as far as you get on easy Or on normal In order to play all through the, the way to like what The Kingpin was the villain of that game You had to play on hard And uh, David Level and I played through that whole thing Remember David Level from high school? Um, that game, Freedom Force for the PC. Freedom mm. Force was kind of a game that fell between, like, the console surge of the late '90s. No, you're missing, early the, you're missing the point in, in the PC stuff. Everybody, Freedom Force was awesome. Everybody's saying that this Arkham Asylum is the best game, right? So you're wrong. I know, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. But uh, but really, like, other than a handful of five superhero games, the most of them have just been dreck. They're terrible. Spider-Man Two. The uh, movie video game uh-huh. that was a blast. Yeah, that I really enjoyed. Uh, the the um, oh, fucking Wolverine. Wolverine's cool. The Wolverine game's cool, and um, Ultimate Spider-Man. The Ultimate that Spider-Man fun. that was a little cartoony. I played it on the GameCube, and it had like Brian Michael Bendis's writing. It had some cool cell shading. It felt like. You remember in the in the the Spider-Man console movie games, they would they had like this whole New York redone, mm-hmm. but it just became too big, and you ended up doing little mini missions more than anything. Um, help! Yeah, help! And I was just like, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting robbed. It's like this is the most pathetic city ever. <laughs> nobody can nobody can even walk down the street. Uh, so um, yeah, I thought those games were pretty good. What what? Brings this a, like a level beyond some of the stuff that we've played before because it's 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 all confined in Arkham Island. You're right. not going out in Gotham. You you can it doesn't of, overreach. Mm-mm. There's like the main storyline where you can follow along and kind of breeze through. There's the the Riddler's challenges. Oh, where he he hacks into your the cowl so uh-huh. he gets he can talk to you and kind of trick you around. But you have like two hundred. I think it's like two hundred and fifty. Challenges like there's riddles, there's trophies you have to find where he gives you clues as to where they are, and so you're exploring. Is the Riddler helping place. you? No, 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 no. Okay. He's doing it. He's doing it to say like, you know, I you, you'll never be as smart as I am. Oh, okay. Like he always does. Okay. And so like I, I'm about halfway through that, and that you can do whenever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's I like how you're trying to keep criminals from <clears throat> from like running amok, and, and you're like, no, you know what? I'll just pause and do a Riddler challenge real quick. <laughs> Half the time you just come upon them, but it's not—it's not, it's not right. just like a challenge where you have to select to do it. It's integrated into it's the fluid. game, and a lot of it, it's you have to like take pictures or scan the environment. Like in and Metroid, it, it, it'll say there was one. It was like, uh, uh, God, what was it? It's like this rat catcher needed more than a trap to catch his prey, <laughs> and you're like, not sure. I didn't know rat catcher even existed as, right. as a villain, and so I'm looking along. All of a sudden, I see this. Stuff hidden in a vent that I'm crawling through, and I look down, and it looks like you know rat poison and stuff like that. So I take a picture of it, and he's like, "I can't believe you found that. You must be cheating." It's, oh, so, it's so like you're you trying see, to one of them. Yeah, and he he does like, "Who's the main man in the main hall?" And I have no idea what that means. You think it's this giant statue, and then you see there's just on somebody's desk there's just this little picture of uh, of the the warden or it's or right. Commissioner Gordon. <clears throat> 
And also, there's like these question marks. You some of them might get infuriating after a while. It's crazy. It's it's really it, it can get that way. But uh, there's these question marks that you can only see with your detective okay, mode right. on, like invisible ink kind of stuff. And some of them are like plain to see. You just scan it, and I got it. Other ones, it's like you only see part of it. Uh -huh. So you have to get to a certain position and then ah. move your, vis your view around to get the question mark. Otherwise, it'll say like a subject out of alignment. Right. And so you have to get it. Perfect. So it's on a wall and a desk. So it, it's a wall and a desk. There's right. one where there's just like a, an entire courtyard thing was just the top half of the question mark. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. You had to get like a rooftop. And then and then you're you're looking around. You're looking around. Where's the? All you need is the little dot. And then you're suddenly you look straight down and you realize you're next to this balcony this, that has these ledges and on one of the tiny posts is a tiny little dot <laughs> so it's the tiny dot in perspective with that thing right. that lined up perfectly so it, it's very, very and, cool. and, and you get anal about that stuff when you're playing because some most players will be like you know what, i can just do the core game no, and, that, and that's satisfying not, it's, enough it's, right it definitely but it definitely leans towards the ocd people on this because <laughs> It's fun. And, and, and I, I would say out of all of the superheroes, Batman's probably the most OCD. You know, he makes a satellite to be able to take out the JLA at any point if he need yeah. be. So. The one thing, the one thing that, that is a negative about it is not the voice acting is great. Because mm -hmm. they have, I think it's the bulk of the cast from the animated show mm -hmm. doing it. But the, the animation uh, of it, like, do some Batman dialogue. I'll be Batman. <laughs> okay. Wait. Oh, okay. Listen, Riddler. This is the last straw. You're coming with me back to jail. <laughs> I'm just laughing at that point. Um, so, uh, so Arkham Asylum's out. Who are some of the highlights of the villains that you've played through? Like, what what are some of the badasses? Because we've we've seen the Joker in previews. <coughs> we've seen Killer Croc. You yeah. told me that the Scarecrow level was insane. Scarecrow. I'm guessing he gets up in your head and yeah, yeah. starts it, fucking things around for you. And and I thought it was just the one time you face him, but right. you, you run into him a couple more times, right. and and you know when it's about to come up because you just give a little. <coughs> like, oh, the, 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 the gas, gas, the fear so gas. You just, <coughs> you just you're walking along through a hallway, and all of a sudden the, he just <coughs> coughs, and you're like, oh shit, and then like, <laughs> and you really think feel oh shit, like yeah. is the difficulty in this game. Something that's challenging, or, or I mean, how's the difficulty? It can, yeah, it can't because when you're when the as I've seen it so far, the boss battles with Scarecrow is just like he's the central pillar mm -hmm. in this kind of rotating level. It changes the perspective of the game, and so you have to like keep that's out cool. of his, his gaze. He kind of spins around, he's looking. You can see the it's it's really well done. But you're walking through this the first time you see him. You know, just not going to ruin anything. Right. But you're walking along, and you know you're chasing him. Except okay. you're walking through the right. the morgue. bulky walk. Yeah, bulky walk. And all of a sudden, you get <coughs> a little cough, and then bugs, a couple bugs start crawling out uh -huh. of the vents, and all of a sudden, <laughs> they're everywhere, and you're squishing them, and you walk into the morgue, and you, it, you go to examine the body bags. Oh, no. And, you know, of course, it's mom, dad. Right. And uh, yourself. or so I can't oh, remember shit. who the third one was. And so you kind of turn a around. Robin cameo? No, there's no, there's no Robin in it, which is I strange. Think, I think we're all okay with that. Yeah. And he turns around, and you go back. You go back out the door, and you're back in the same room. Right. And then it kind of starts morphing and falling apart, and oh, then there's wow. like rain coming down, and it's it's just like all the the scenery that you see all throughout the level is just kind of like off, you know. Right. It's the even same stuff, the, but it's a little different. Even though the voice animations are are bad, the the rest of the game graphically is incredible. Yeah, yeah. And it, that's the one thing. If you're playing it, you need to turn your detective mode off. Occasionally, because it's it's real easy to to just keep that on, right? Because you need it for most of the game. Like you're following tobacco trails that right. Gordon left for you, or uh, pheromone levels to find poison ivy. Uh -huh. So you have to scan the environment for it, and it just kind of picks up as you're walking. But you miss so much of the detail like that, and it, it's it's really well done. It's like the feral mode in the Wolverine. Legend of Logan <coughs> Billy game or whatever it was. What do we call that? What did Nick Gregorio call that? X-Men. X-Men Origins, the story of Logan the Wolverine. Yeah. Jimmy Logan the Wolverine. Did you enjoy that movie? I didn't see it. Uh, Simply because there, got were, there, right were names, there were names like that coming out. Oh, it was so bad. Um, so guys, <laughs> that's Arkham Asylum. That is the big game for and uh, the, the, this week. About the, the combat on it, it, it oh, makes yeah. you feel like a badass. Because it, it really is just two buttons. There's a third one for... For well, I guess there's four. There's grabbing. Well, there's there's two button combos that you do after you get up to a certain multiplier. Uh -huh. um, or you can evade and, and use your this cape to stun people. Um, 
but it makes you feel so cool. <laughs> you're, you're doing all this stuff, and it, it goes into those cinematic slow-mos, and you oh, take right, people's right, right. heads and put them in and how, right How's in the me. Gears of War effect? Like, I remember playing the demo, you, you know, the gameplay Good would run. almost run to a stall. Like, it, would just, it would just, like, cut to just, all right, now I'm talking. You know, it was like those Gears of War the, It's sessions. not nearly as prevalent. It's okay. after big events. Okay. It was like, I need to get under intensive treatment. That's where these things are. I need to find Killer right. Croc or whatever. So that's Do you fight Killer Croc? Not yet. I'm, I'm on the verge. He's scared, though. Because he's, he's huge. huge. Yeah, he's huge. He's huge. Uh, I fought Bane, uh -huh. Scarecrow, twice now Scarecrow. Um, these two things that Joker made. There's not a whole lot of boss fights, I don't think. So what are you fighting mostly? Just thugs and just stuff? Just thugs. Maybe there's another one. They've all been lobotomized. Are they all lobotomized, like in the demo? The demo, they've all got like skull caps or something. A lot of most of them. Most of them are, are prisoners that he he set a, he set a fire at that Blackgate prison. Yeah, why not? <laughs> because that had them. Tra they right. had to put the prisoners somewhere, so that set them over at Arkham. Right. So then he instigated that. So that's explains them all being there. So um, <coughs> guys, it's Arkham Asylum. I can't wait to start playing it. Um, Sooner or later, I'll get to playing it. Uh, Gilmore, you haven't been on Xbox in like 70 days. Yeah. I, I, I saw, what's going on? Are you okay? The amount of time? I, well, I was just downloading Shadow Complex. Um, also awesome. And I was going through my friends list trying to shave some friends, and I was looking at the people who I haven't, uh, you know you do this. Uh, if you're maxed out on friends on Xbox Live, I really wish they would up their cap. But you go through and you say, okay, who's, you know, who's do you disconnected? Know why? Do you know why you yeah, can't do that? Um, I'd, I'd read it, but I forgot. What, what Halo 2. What do you mean? Um, it had. I'll find the article for you. It had something to do with the amount of people playing that game, uh -huh. um, and since so many people on Xbox 360 are still using it, using that old game, right. they have to keep the the system that they had in place on the original oh. Xbox and to maintain the because people, so many people are still playing it. Wow. Oh, that sucks. Wow. Um, Something along those lines. Well, I mean, maybe in this next generation of games. I mean, you're starting to now hear the rumbles. Now that the PS3 finally got its price drop, now that we got the PS3 Slim coming out, Xbox dropped their their price down to 250 on one of their units. You're starting to hear the uh, the, the rumors <coughs> of the next Xbox or the next PS system. Um, you can tell you're on your last year. Maybe like maybe a Wii HD is what you're talking about, but whatever. Um, We'll believe it when we see it. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'd be excited about it. What, what about this rumor, as a, as a Halo expert, that Bungie is not done with the Halo universe? That they're going to do some kind of uh, Halo Reach game? They are doing a Halo Reach game. Now, what is that? Is that something that just got confirmed, like PAX or something like that? No, it was on. It? it was at E3. I think. The Halo Reach? Yeah. I thought that. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. What is that? Yeah. Oh, it's they're not done after Halo Reach is the rumor. Oh, right. well, everything I've read says that they are, but right. not. They have Microsoft has these three four three studios, mm -hmm. which is gonna is now in charge of all the Halo intellectual property. So any more Halo stuff will have to will probably go through them. And you played Halo Wars and you enjoyed it. It was okay. It was okay. Oh, I know that's hard for you to say as a Halo fan. You want you know what I mean? No, it, it is the game's not bad. I, the story was okay. It was right. Well done, but the game itself. You're not into real-time strategy. No, not no. The best one again to bring back David Level into this episode. We played Dune, that Spice Wars game. It was a real time. It was the first real-time strategy we ever we, we we ever played. You had to pick a different house, House Harkonnen, all these different <coughs> Dune households, and you had to harvest spice. And the worms would come along and fuck up your different spice building machines. And it was just, I mean, that's our early '90s real-time strategy game. That and. Uh, and I guess Syndicate was another good one where you have to like bio enhance your different guys to go out into the into the, into the city and and like kill the leaders of other syndicates and like pull pull different missions and some of that. Yeah, that, that was pretty fun. Bores me to tears. Yeah, I mean, I I, I definitely got out of real time strategy. You know? I'm just not into being in the middle of like something really action-packed and then going back to fix a base all the time. <laughs> there's, Tra trade embargoes are not fun. <laughs> there's that, and then, and then there's just getting your, your guys there and being like, all right, they're still, they're still on their way. Yeah. Okay, uh, sooner or later they'll get there. Uh, it's like being out and doing something fun and then going back to your house all the time to like clean your toilet. <laughs> well, Gilmore, I, I doubt you clean your toilet. Not good, it's spotless. Do you? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mind yesterday. Nice. Yeah? So... I don't listen to him. I did mine by I, I did mine by uh, asking Laura to marry me. You Hispanic piece of garbage. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Um, that was a bad joke. 
And she's all, it was a horrible joke. Uh, I'm a bad human being. Um, guys, uh, if you want to hear more bad jokes, I was, uh, I don't know if it'll be out by the time this episode comes out, but, but look forward to it. This show, Comics on Comics. Have you, some of you guys listen to this show? It's it's it, 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 no no. That sounds like such a condemnation. Of no no no. Show. It's like do, do, I I don't know. I'm I'm honestly asking. Do some of you guys watch this show? It's it's comedians uh, with comic pro- professionals talking about comics. And you know you might have heard of it because now the, the, I get it. The, the, I mean, <laughs> there, there's some actual comics. big names. You know they've got like <coughs> wow. They had uh, they had people like Damon Lindelof from from Lost, who also wrote the the Hulk versus Wolverine, Ultimate Hulk versus Wolverine. You had uh, guys uh, like um, you know just all, all all sorts of different comic book creators. We had this guy on there, Jonathan Hickman, who did a book called The Nightly Muse. You guys may have remembered on Image. He's the new writer of Fantastic Four. We uh, we had him on our episode that I was on, um, and. So I went out and I bought this book that just got compiled called Pax Romana, and uh, and I read through it. I was like, you know what? I better bone up on this guy. Uh, recently, I read Nightly News when it came out, but I was like, I better read this and uh, just have something to talk about when I sit down with them and the rest of the guys. And uh, I'll review the book here. You guys can look for the Comics on Comics episode over on their website when it's when it's up. But um, this book is. Uh, it's tough. It, it's it it, it's really tough to count. describe. You want to take a nap? <laughs> I do want to take a nap, but basically, it's a time travel book. Uh, and and I mean, I think that's the most basic definition you can give to this book. But in the near future, uh, <laughs> Gilmore's just going to the bathroom or something to sneeze. Uh, in the near future, Catholicism is being overrun. Uh, basically, the Muslim world is winning, mm-hmm. right? Catholicism is on its last legs. Little does the rest of the world know that the Vatican has actually been investing in time travel. The Vatican uh, actually invests a lot of money into science science research. They've unlocked time travel in the year 2054. I'm I'm guessing roughly that's that's the year. And they unlock time travel and they say, you know what, we have time travel. We're on our last legs as a religion. We're not going to win this. Well, let's let's talk about what we do. So they say, okay, <clears throat> what can we transport? We can transport a warehouse full of something. Do they go back in time ever? They they get they get the best general in the world to handpick a team. They then get like 2500 3500 soldiers, some Humvees, a couple tanks, couple uh a couple Apache helicopters and a couple nukes and some satellites. And they say, okay, we're taking, a, we're going to send you Sunday and our card- we're going to send you and our cardinal and like well, one of our trusted cardinals back to ancient Rome, the time of Constantine, and you guys are going to make sure that Rome never gets sacked by the Huns until you know it, 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 no, nobody ever burns it down. Basically, any threat to Rome, you guys protect, and Catholicism will it will will basically be the strongest religion. There will never be a dark age. You guys just keep putting it out there. That's retarded. Right? Why don't they just go back and take pictures of Jesus? Well, no, this is. I mean, then the, the, the Christianity. There you go. You know what I mean? The, the, the wait, problem what? is. Wait, when, whoa, whoa, whoa. When you, How, when what, you, was, what was your rebuttal to that question? I mean, I mean because Catholicism. Christianity. Think about it. Listen, think about it. Taking pictures of Jesus doesn't do anything. You take pictures of Jesus. Because he doesn't exist. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Well, that would be my, my argument. But but the pictures of Jesus. Jesus is used in so many different religions. You're specifically trying to protect Catholicism. Videos of Jesus. Listen, Gilmore. Here's the deal. You go back. There's no coming back. Bring Jesus you go back. There. Then that that fulfills your prodigal son prophecy. <laughs> if you bring Through science, if, if you bring Jesus religion back, triumphs. If you bring, if you bring Jesus back, I'm, he's not there to do everything he needs to do. What? Which is establish his his to presence, die. yeah, to die and then come back. Well, no, when he gets resurrected and he goes, to, when he starts levitating back up to heaven, you just get a net and then you take him G- back. G- Gilmore, he's done. Gilmore, I think that is why Jonathan Hickman is the writer and you're not. I t- did I tell you my my, my idea? <laughs> well, 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 basically, what this book is, if I can get through it, is is is, it's basically a crusade. Mm-hmm. Instead of sacking the, the Muslim world later on, they send a crusade back and they say, "Okay, set up the satellites." They when you see anybody, prevent the Muslim world from ever pre- happening. Prevents any of it, right? Pre- prevents any of this from happening. 
when they get there, of course, the cardinal and the main general. You know, is the cardinal when he goes back in time? Does he is he completely naked in like a hollowed out sphere? <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Basically, the cardinal says, "Okay, we're we're going to integrate with them. We're going to slowly, you know, bring their technology up to you know up to it, so we can get start slowly getting gunpowder and this mm-hmm. and that. We'll just we'll just bring technology forward. We'll bring religion outward. We'll be the strongest technological power." For centuries, here's everything. He wants to do it gradually. He wants to integrate everything gradually. The general's like, you know what? We can be on the moon by the by, by the year one thousand. <laughs> and he's like, no, that's not the way it's done. That's not the way it's done. So, in the first issue, when the cardinal is sitting there giving the rallying speech of like, this is what we're gonna do. We're all good Catholics. Blah blah blah. Four bullets right <laughs> right into him, and the general goes, "There's been a change of plans." And now it's it's what do these what do these military minds do to uh, to change the world not gradually but drastically and like there's all these moral questions that come out of it there are all these uh, you know what what do you what do you do with the people who are actually part of history like Constantine he's alive right then do you join forces with him do you join forces with his enemies what do you do to his son who wasn't ever supposed the, to the live the answer is simple it just derails all of the history the answer is simple you party. <laughs> well, I mean, th- this bu- this book just does a good job of uh, of saying, "All right, it's a big divergent timeline story." And if you guys are interested in that, in a lot of the just the questions that it brings up, it doesn't bring up a whole lot of answers. It brings up a ton of questions. I thought it was a really, really, really interesting read. Okay. And you can party. Okay. So, so my my idea. Okay, here's your idea for yours. Jesus. Okay. Okay. What if he just leaves it at okay. that? Jesus, think about hold it. Hold on, hold on. It's doing it. Remember the the Shroud of Turin? Yeah. That idea? Yeah. It supposedly has Jesus' blood on it. It was like the first happy face shirt. Yes. You take DNA from the Shroud of Turin, use that to clone Jesus Christ. That is how Jesus is reborn. Science becomes the new God. Wait. By playing God, they become God because they... Rebirth, Jesus Christ. Graham, I, I hate to, I hate to burst your bubble. Lincoln Park in the soundtrack. <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble. There's, there's this kid uh, who did a, a school, uh, like a school film mm-hmm. back at Penn, and we we played it before uh, before spores when we were playing spores at Penn. <laughs> it was so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was literally that movie where mm-hmm. they had taken part of the Shrouded Turin, and it was this short film, and they had cloned Jesus. In all the ethical and moral dilemmas mm-hmm. that it casts. No, there's none of that. It's, there, it's, it's just It's just awesome. a party. Yeah. <laughs> but there, should literally, there was literally a line where a guy grabs another guy and goes, You're cloning fucking Jesus! <laughs> and everyone in the theater... That, actually, goes, that one actually everyone would Everyone in the happen. theater does, does a giant fucking face pump. That line actually would happen. It would have to happen. <laughs> they should go, You're fucking cloning Jesus! But it would be more now like... It'd be, it'd be more like do, an do, Encino do, man. Do, do, do. <laughs> It would have to be more like an Encino Man. Oh yeah, if you do it as an Encino Man type movie where Jesus comes over and goes, party time. And all the water just goes. Because he's still got he's still gotta go through high school. He's not like instant thirty-three years old. Yeah, but in high school in high school he's like, who needs a fake ID? Bing. Exactly. (laughs) I'd watch that show. Oh yeah, that you know what? Turn the camera off. That's actually a great idea. Let's, like, we need to talk. Like Billy Madison with superpowers. Yeah, Billy Madison is Jesus. He's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Oh, Jesus, it's you up can't to me. play football, you scrawny fag. <laughs> he just parts the fucking lineman and walks through. Rob, Rob Schneider as Jesus. Rob Get Schneider as Joseph. They bring back more people. What are we doing this wacky kid? Rob Schneider, he'd be the principal at Jesus High. No, like at a Catholic school. He goes to school at like a Roman school. No, he goes to school at like a Catholic school. He goes to school at like Romans. And they're like, we're going to kick your ass, Jesus. What Romans? It's 2009. Oh, it's 2009. He's, yes. Oh, bring him back in today. Yes. What the oh, hell I thought, did you think we I were thought it was. I thought about. it was. Like, I thought it was like a year one type thing where it was actually Jesus with with. Uh, oh, that. I now I know where we got off. I, I was thinking we take we take modern sensibilities oh, and put and him back over there. It? No, yeah, that. you know, like they did in no. year one. Because <laughs> that, that works really. He's well. got a, He's got a skateboard. <laughs> There's no skateboards in year one. Why does he need a skateboard? Because he can fly. Because, <laughs> but he doesn't know it yet. This is a writer session. He, tap, he taps into his his identity 
much like Donald Blake does with Thor. He doesn't. He didn't oh, realize Jesus. what was going on. It was just thrust upon him. He looks in the mirror one day and realizes, Mom, am I different? <laughs> yes, my pussy's not stretched out by your enormous head. What? Well, I mean, she's a. Wow. Jeez. Oh, really? You should sleep before these. You gotta earn those jokes, John. You don't. You don't start. <laughs> you don't start on the moon. The fifteen-year-olds were laughing. <laughs> Just because the word, probably. Yeah, both of them were. I will not be judged by either of you. Okay. So, guys, um, pick up that book or wait for the movie version that Graham's going to make. Starring the kid from High School Musical is Jesus. No, it would have to be. One of the Jonas Brothers? To, no. Uh, who would it be? Who, who would it be? Don't look at me. I don't want to say you. Michael Sarah because awkward oh. Jesus. Oh, Jesus can't that. be awkward. He's, yeah. vo- he's a vocal lad. Anyway. Great, Jim Caviezel. No, he's not, he already did that. Fuck out of here. No. Same thing. He got, they, ass, they he, got his, he got his ass kicked. You know in what? The that movie. That was yeah. That was one of the first dark reboots. <laughs> <laughs> What's with all these fucking remakes? The book was better. Um, so the book didn't exist. That the the, the Passion <laughs> of the Christ didn't get written until like the 1500s. No. Catholicism. So, uh, Made the concept of heaven and hell. Wow, wait, you know that? wait. Think about that shit. The concept of sins as they exist, like Dante's Inferno. Was it? it <laughs> that is. <laughs> that <laughs> that my mind is blown. I can't even hold my tongue in my mouth. It's all conspiracy. Uh, wow. So, guys, uh, <coughs> we have that uh, to think wow. about. That's huge. That is huge. Um, listen, short episode. We're going to go to some clips now. Uh, we've got this one. This one is a peach. Uh, Jim Lee designed the entire world of Gotham and Metropolis for this video game, DC Universe. It's like an MMO that's coming DC out. DC Universe Online. DC How are Universe they going to do that? There's like f- ten DC characters. Well, you're not going to play as any of them. They're going to they're going to take part in your missions. So you're the guy saying help. No, 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 no. You, you, you create your own superhero, and then uh, for example, a lot of lot of Captain Dicks. Gonna be a lot of Captain Dicks. Yeah. So you you fight alongside you fight alongside the uh, the 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 ones that we know. No, not so much. And actually, sometimes like you su- can also be a villain. Yeah, but sometimes Superman will tell you. Doctor like, Dick. Yeah, to ca- Superman, Dick. Su- Superman can fly in and be like, "Help me out, Doctor Dick." No, like someone tells you, like, "Hey, Doctor Dick, I'm out saving the world from some moon creatures or some shit." And uh, but Lex Luthor's tearing up the city. And then you, 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 you know, and you say, "Sorry, I'm busy trying to hump this one that's walking by." <laughs> that's all people do in those stupid games. Remember the dude, uh, the develop, the guy who worked for the Conan MMO who got his, who got fired because one of the uh, players invited him, and, you know, enticed him to come into a section of the game, and then did a dance for him and started getting sexual, and they started trading sexual conversation. This guy was an employee, and then at the end of it, he goes. I'm a dude. <laughs> You're busted and put the entire thing online, awesome. and the dude lost his job. Hilarious. Um, so there will be a lot of dickhead baiting in this game, DC Universe Online. Uh, but you know what's cool is that they're finally making the game kind of a bible of what Gotham and Metropolis look like. They're taking whatever's known from the history of the comics about those cities and making one big map, which maybe they can then go forward and then have a like a through line. So help. Jim Lee is the big part of that. So we sat down with Jim Lee, and then we also sat down with writer Marv Wolfman, who had that amazing run on Teen Titans in the 80s. He's a constant, awesome comic book writer and one of the developers of the game. And that's from San Diego. We have that clip. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? We're actually here with Jim Lee. We're talking about the uh, DC Universe online game. And, uh, Jim, your artwork in... uh your Superman run, your Batman run is a big part of this game because they're using it as a basis for their Metropolis and Gotham City. Um, did you actually go in there and help them piece together the map, piece together some of the artwork that went into the uh, the look of the game? Yeah, it was actually uh, me and uh, there's a team of artists here at Wildstorm, uh, concept artists, uh, Carlos Danda, Oliver Nome, uh, Livio Ramondelli, JJ Kirby, Mike Lopez, and uh, all, all of us are comic book artists, and, and so we did all that stuff. So we did uh, a lot of the concept art, but things didn't exist. So, for example, the map of Metropolis, there was no sort of definitive guide of where all the different neighborhoods were. So we actually had to go through all the comics and find references to all these different um, 
neighborhoods and then piece them together in sort of a map. And then as you go into this research, you find out, for instance, is there a a baseball stadium in Metropolis? There is. And over er over the years, all these different writers had created all these different fictional teams because they didn't put the research in to find, you know, what what existed before. And uh, so you had kind of go through all that information and parse it and just figure out what worked best for the game and uh, put it in there. So um, there was a lot of uh, micromanaging of, of de- uh, trivial details like that. But there was also sort of big picture issues of, you know, what should player characters look like? Should we give them the ability to... Um, you know, uh, choose their body silhouette by using sliders, or do we have it all preset? That kind of stuff. So while you're making this game, you're going through everything. In in essence, if you're playing this game, DC Universe Online, you're also playing a Bible that you guys made for the look of the DC Universe. You guys have trimmed down and defined what it is to live in Metropolis or Gotham. Right. I, I think, uh, I mean, the whole game... Uh, you know, we're trying to be true to the license. We're trying, trying to be true to the DC Universe, and so early on we made it sort of a short list of what does it mean to be in the DC universe because we have to, these are the things we need to deliver on and so um you know fictional cities that's that's what makes the DC universe different from other fictional universes and uh so uh, you know Gotham Metropolis being the two most important and so we really made them characters within the game and made them very unique looking and um so we relied on using different architectural styles color palettes um, designs, obviously, and uh, so a lot of thought went into all that stuff. And is there a lot of area between the cities? Like, uh, can you go visit perhaps Amazon <laughs> Island? Can you go well, to the yeah. The interesting thing is, we we do not definitively dis, uh, locate where the cities are. Okay. They're both coastal cities. They're both on the east coast, but is one more north than the other? Never been established. And uh, I don't know if this is something you necessarily want to establish because. Um, it, it limits your ability. To, it limits your ability to tell great stories. So, to me, if we can just kind of put it on generally, like on the East Coast, like if you see a blob, red dot, and Gotham and Metropolis stick out of it, uh, that's enough for me. But no, you're not gonna. You're not actually gonna run from Gotham to Metropolis because then you have those issues like, well, how far apart are they? What what is what status are they in even? Uh, and uh, we don't want to answer those questions, you know. So uh, for the most part, uh, you. We, you can go from one city to the other. You can go from the city to the JLA Watchtower, from the JLA Watchtower to the other city. So um, travel is fairly instantaneous. We don't want to spend waste the player's time in, in uh, running around forever trying to find other players to group with, uh, going from one part of the world to another. So, um, uh, But that also allows us not to have to build all this sort of inter- interstitial uh, environment between the two because it would be pretty dull, you know. <laughs> Is it satisfying for you to see what you usually are just drawing in a 2D, 2D environment come to life in a 3D environment and be able to interact with it or even destroy some of your artwork? It is incredibly satisfying. I, you know, um, it is uh, just short of sexually arousing. <laughs> I don't, you know, it is awesome because, you know, the cool thing about this game is like, I mean, just you do the concept art and people take that and then they layer on their own level of detail and coolness to it and then the, co- the guys come in they they light it or the animators come in and 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 animate the the assets um and then you get to see that on the screen and um it's 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 a lot more hands go into the creation of a video game than a comic book and uh with by but having that many hands involved you get something that's very very complex and very very cool from the particle effects the special effects to the cities, uh, you know, uh, when you see the city all built, it is amazing, and very few artists will want to draw that whole thing. You know what I'm saying? So um, there's some incredible, incredibly rewarding things that you get out of working on a game like this that you just don't get out of working on a comic book. Well, now you set it in stone and set up the Bible, so maybe there could be a, a day where a comic book artist wanting to tell a story in DC or, or in Gotham or Metropolis can now look to the game to say, oh, okay, this yeah. is where the, you, yeah. the, the, the thing is, and you've set that groundwork for them. No, a lot of this stuff will actually be used in the, the licensing department because they didn't have that information. Now they have a style guide for the, D, the entire DC universe from all these like designs to just street scenes and that they can give to people that make underwear and t-shirts and tooth you know toothbrushes that kind of thing so and toys so there's been even design no there are even designs that we've done that uh, uh, are gonna go the that will be made into toys by Mattel so um, yeah some really good stuff 
Well, guys, we're all looking forward to it. Uh, DC Universe Online, we're waiting for a release date. But thanks so much, Jim, for coming on Geekscape. Thanks, buddy. Take care. We're talking to Marv Wolfman and our good friend Yance from Sony Online Entertainment. And they're talking all about the new uh, DC Online video game. This is DC Universe, and you can play as a, as a new character that you create and play among the likes of Batman, Superman, or if you're a villain... You know, you have villainous, villainous inclinations. You can play al alongside. What are some of the other non-playable characters that you can interact with in the game? On the villain side, yeah. So you know, you got you got Joker, you got Sinestro, you've got Solomon Grundy, Bizarro, Lex Luthor, of course. <laughs> you know, the roster is huge in terms of all the heroes and the villains that you can interact with. And what are some of the challenges, Marv, from being a comic book writer with such a long history of amazing titles, and then coming in and seeing a, an open-ended world where you're like, wow. Now that this it changes the landscape of your writing, doesn't it? Well, it changes the approach. But I've been writing video games for a number of years now, mm -hmm. so I'm familiar with that. What I'm learning now is how to write an MMO, which is mission-driven as uh -huh. opposed to linear story-driven. So what I've learned to do is how you seed the missions to tell a larger story. So it's not just what you're going from A to B. That A to B is only part of a very big story that will have a lot of resonance within the entire storyline. So you're writing a branching storyline, but that may not even necessarily move forward. It might have effects that 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 started way back here. So you're 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 more writing a honeycomb type structure or a web type structure. You're you're doing that, but it all moves forward uh -huh. because things that you do back in the beginning may have an effect later mm -hmm. on. So everything is moving you forward, but you can do it out of the order that okay. we assume that you will. The player is in control, so they're going to decide the order that they do things. They're going to decide if they're going to hit all the missions we've set up on this one location. They may decide to hit three of them and then go over there. And we have to put enough little bits of information everywhere that they'll get the storyline as it goes along. If they want to play all of it, they get the bigger story. If they want to play most, they'll still get the great story. We even, uh, we even do some cool stuff where you get looks at that story from both the hero and the villain perspective. Uh -huh. So, you know, we had this idea about the rogues, right? You know, what are the rogues going to do in the game? And uh, we did a little intro for them on the hero side, but the big payoff is actually on the villain side. So, you know, <laughs> I think as the community, you know, starts exploring, you know how these stories connect to each other. You know, you, it really starts sort of starts to pay off. You know, people on a server are talking of, you know, like why were the rogues doing this? And heroes are piping in. Well, because we did this side. You know, we did right. this mission earlier and this story earlier, and suddenly they're actually filling in that web. And how big is the interactivity between? Uh, players can they actually form relationships where they're affecting each other's storylines if they're all on the same team or if they form these relationships can they affect some of the villains progress uh, wh what's the level of interaction like that so we actually have like you know there's contested missions in the game so if a villain wants to go rob a bank you know they do that and actually flags them for PvP and heroes in the in the area oh, can right. come in and stop them you know so there's cool stuff and interaction like that um, there's also just you know PvP maps where you can just go beat the snot out of each other because that's all was fun too. Do you ever flag something where, let's say I'm a villain character, I want to rob a bank, does it ever flag a non-playable character where all of a sudden the flash will come up and, 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 and be like, wait, yeah. wait a minute there, and can I call on my buddy? to then go and help me escape from this bank robbery in right. progress. Absolutely. So, I mean, we wouldn't call that a contested mission. That mm -hmm. would actually be one of the storylines yeah. that Marv was writing where it's like, hey, we need you to go actually uh, steal this artifact from the Metropolis Museum, and lo and behold, boom, the Flash or Superman or somebody like that shows up, and that's by design. Now, you can do that with your friend, or if it's in the open world, any villain passing by can actually help you with that, and you're All both right. going to get a benefit from it. Yeah. And uh, so, so you can really make the game as big or as small as you want. What, what do you mean? By, by, by saying, I'm just going to go rob a bank. Or you can say, you know what? Here's a mission I'm facing. Let me get together with my other villain friends. And let's set up an Ocean's Eleven type scenario to back each other up in case we do trigger some of these other characters that want to come up and set up a PvP event or some of the non-playable characters who might get in our way. Well, we, we've talked about that whole team dynamic and how you know super teams kind of split up and, and accomplish different objectives. And you know, you're the master of the of the team stuff with your Teen Titans. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, definitely. Well, it's... A what you're saying is accurate. The, uh, you can come in with larger groups, and then you may be going off into separate missions, or you may be joining each other. There are also areas that you may need in a, a large number of characters to deal with the situation at hand, and other areas that it's best just you by yourself. So it, it's totally 
non-predictable in it's not going to be this way because you've seen it before this way. It moves in very, very, very different ways. And you guys haven't set a release date. How big is the game that you guys are still developing? And what stage is it at? So we're pre-alpha right now. Okay. Pre-alpha basically means we're still finalizing our feature set, right? Um, uh -huh. We're very close to saying we have the features we need in the game to move towards ship. Um, and then after that, we'll go into a beta phase. Uh, no ship date right now. We're really happy with the progress and you know, just trying to make a really quality product. So you pick your hero, you pick your villain, you start figuring out what kind of hero or villain that is, a tech-based, magic-based, or just like a completely power-based hero meta or villain, human, yeah. a meta-human. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and from there, you can start getting items, more uh, downloadable content, or more, uh, more features that you guys are adding to the game actively to what, once the game's released. Where can you play in the game? That's one thing that the, that the viewers, I don't think, know yet. Where are, where are the active arenas in the game? Well, you're going to start in either in Metropolis or Gotham City, uh -huh. and it's huge. I mean, each small area of those cities is huge. It's like a real city. They've built... I have no idea how many buildings. It just <laughs> goes on. And so those are the first two locations that you're going to uh, face. But from then it grows. And I'm not going to tell you where. But, if you, if, <laughs> but I'm sure if you guys buy the game and actively support the game, that'll start triggering his, his ability to make a living and give him the support he needs to keep adding to the game. So uh, if have you got any particular environment or character you would like to see? I want to play on Mogo, personally. I want to run around <laughs> on the biggest... And a character. It is. All it is. One. I want to run around on Mogo giving him a back scratch as I beat the snot out of some villains, yeah. personally. We'll see what we can do. Uh, I think that would be fun. Taking a boom tube to visit Darkseid would be cool. I mean, uh, there really is no limit. To, to, to any of DCU this. DCU is enormously large and the potential uh, is just vast beyond belief because uh, it goes from before the creation of the universe to God knows how many uh, thousands upon thousands of years from now. So <laughs> it's a huge universe. And, uh, you know, there's no rush for us to put all that in at launch. I mean, right. obviously we have, a, 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 we have a, a window of time that we can, you know, put this stuff into the game. And, but the cool thing is that this isn't like a game that you buy and then you, it's done. The content that's in there is what's in there. It sure. grows. It lives. It breathes. So players are going to find when they make a commitment to this game. You know, when they when they decide they want to actually step through the doorway into the DC universe, <laughs> leave their life behind, yeah, and step right? into it, right? Put it on the cape and cowl. Let's do it. They're going to find that this universe, this game, is going to expand and grow with them. Mm. You know. So we're focusing on Earth um, and the exotic locations around Earth that are from the DCU, and from there we'll broaden out into the rest of the DC universe. Right. So, I mean, I know there's a financial aspect to being able to do that, so it really does start with you guys supporting the game once it's released and making sure that you guys have the, uh, the the financial ability to say, hey, this is a success. Let's keep adding to it and keep adding numbers and servers, and let's get this MMO really cooking. Yeah, and uh, and it sounds exciting. It sounds like something that will hopefully have a really big pop when it comes out. And uh, and how, how creatively fulfilling is this? I mean, I know looking at your story on the shelf, you know the story, you know the artwork, you see it on the shelf, and you can see the specific joy that you've designed as a writer to put into somebody's face. When you we, when you let the story go and they get written by individuals outside of it, is that a different sense of joy? No, the uh, because writing a story than playing the game are completely different. I've written video games where I can't even get past the first level. <laughs> uh, so being able to play the game, whether I'm writing it, whether somebody else is, whether I came up with it, whether Jens or any of the other people up at Sony came up with it is great because uh, there's a, such a big difference between putting something down on paper and actually having the controller in your hand and it's you know you, you're spending all your time trying not to die right and that's what uh, that's what my uh, gameplay is all about just don't die and I have a great fun doing it which is why I've been playing for God knows how many years you know what's, uh, what's uh, what else is interesting about that is that you know Marv when you're writing comics it's Marv has ultimate control of the story actually I'm sure you have an editor but <laughs> at some point right but, but you know <laughs> exactly right on, oh, uh, on TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know he has ultimate control out of every word every plot point that's going yeah. through there and and, you know, that's not a level of granularity that he gets into in the game. He gives us these, you know, he and Jeff are the creative forces behind. Jeff Johns. The, yeah, Jeff Johns. Who we love to read. He's awesome, too. Um, you know, uh, they give us the, the sort of spring.
springboards that then designers on the team can actually turn yeah. into the actual story. So All the right. cool thing is, is that you know you get to he's going to get to see like oh that's what you did with that idea that I had. <laughs> oh that was cool. You, I didn't you, you can't that, wait, you know? can you? <laughs> no, I can't because I don't know always what they're going to do. I mean the beauty is I'll come up with one paragraph that will give some detail, but not an awful lot. Just explain uh, how the characters work or whatever, and then suddenly they'll come in with sixty missions based on that, and I'm going wow this is going to I didn't know they can do that <laughs> I mean well, literally we were sitting in the office a few weeks ago when I was down in Austin and Jens came up with this idea and I went we can do that I had no idea so that is so phenomenal I just remember playing the Marvel you know uh, role-playing game with my dad because I didn't have a whole lot of friends I asked my parents to play with me my father chose Mr. Fantastic and then rolled to reach his finger up a bad guy's nose into his sinuses and rip his face off <laughs> oh god and I was horrible. like dad your role was successful, yeah, but the so game bad. isn't that much fun anymore. <laughs> so giving giving these characters that you know in this universe that you know to other people and seeing what the, what what they do to run with it can both be gratifying and horrifying. I'm sure. I, I, the I'll tell you, and it's sort of embarrassing to admit, some of these guys know the DCU better than I do. I have to go, <laughs> what character is that? Oh That's my Mad God. Dog. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I know Mad Dog, but um, <laughs> it's. It's all within the DC characters, and there's no changes on that because there's so many people involved that it keeps within it. What's what's so great is just to see how many missions that c can come off of just this basic mm -hmm. idea, and then go, "Wow, I can play this. I can play this character being taught by that character how to do something." And even the idea when we first got together and we talked about this, and I'm not mentioning characters, I didn't know we could do that sort of a training thing. Great. It was great, and I'm just dying to play it myself. And the sections that I've played, uh, I've been playing the um, uh, Star Lab section, uh -huh. and it's vast. Great. So it's it's a great thing. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. We look forward to uh, playing the game when it comes out. Cool. We'll look, look forward too. to the announcement. Thanks, Me Mark. Too. Thanks, Jens. Yep. Thank you, guys. So, guys, that was our interview with the DC Universe Online guys. We have one more treat for you. While we're, while we're uh, showing you guys some Comic-Con stuff, William Bibiani, one of our more prolific writers and interviewers, sat down with two guys that you know very well, Robert England and Kane Hodder. We've got Freddie and Jason sitting down together, and they're working on this project. Uh, what was this? It's like FearNet, right? Is putting out this movie that, uh, that I think... Well, Didn't D. Snyder do that? It's an online series. Yeah, I mean, they get all these creators to do this stuff, and they're all like online series, and like it's like a, something I think you can you can order on your no, TV I'll on, that on demand. He did some movie. It was like a snuff site movie. Didn't Strangeland? Strangeland? Yeah, Strangeland was cool. But but Fearnet, wow, it, it, Fearnet's a network of like different horror people doing takes, you know, doing their own stories and stuff. So it's like a kind of a Masters of Horror, you know, all these horror anthology things that are happening. Masters of Horror was the shit. Fearnet is is this one. I've watched some of it online. Uh, I've also watched some of it on demand. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, and William is going to sit down with Freddie and Jason and talk about what was the name of their project. You know, Fearnet. Well, I don't. I think their actual show was different. Why don't you let Mr. Bibiani? I will let Mr. Bibiani let us in on that fact. Hello, Geekscapists. We're here with Robert Anglin and Kane Hodder, who, of course, deserve no introduction, so we'll cut that last part out. Uh, they are here promoting their new series, Fear Clinic. Clinic. Yes, a clinic for fear. Would you uh, care to tell us about it, the picture, uh, picture show? Well, uh, Kane is my sort of uh, security man slash bodyguard slash number one male nurse. And uh, I've brought him probably from a prison hospital somewhere in North America, south of the border, because I've lost my license, but I'm still the number one practicing doctor in curing phobias for young people. And uh, we have a little nasty clinic somewhere south of Juarez and uh, full of gorgeous teenage patients. And I am working to cure their uh, various and sundry phobias. And uh, as Robert said, I am his uh, assistant. Um, I do, I am loyal to him because he has helped me in the past. Uh, but I, there's also some animosity between us for some things also in the past. And I, my character takes advantage of the patients when they're in vulnerable uh, situations. And I do some kind of 
not really nice things to them. You can take the boy out of the prison, but you can't take the prison out of the boy. <laughs> Nor would I even try. So, uh, so, 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 fear clinic, fear net, you, uh, you're a fear doctor, you're a fear nurse. What are your fears? In reality? Yeah, in well, reality, I tell you, I, I you know, I, I, I try to really butch it up, but I, I'm not a really big fan of snakes. And I've had to work with them a lot in Hollywood, and I think it, it harkens... I was a snake once, and I, and I worked with a giant snake once, and I actually worked in a movie where I had a baby python in my pocket for the entire movie. But I, I, I'll tell you, it, I think it's, it harkens back to an old uh, matinee I went to as a child, and uh, it was a children's matinee. And at some point, around 2 or 3 in the afternoon, it changed to the adult fair. And I was sitting there in this summer theater and with my Geno's bonbons and my popcorn, and I watched Norman Mailer's Naked and the Dead. And there's a sequence in the South Pacific where one of the soldiers is bitten by a translucent green snake and pus comes out of his ears and his nose and his eyes and his mouth. And little Robbie England, you know, ran home and proceeded for the rest of that summer to look under the bed for snakes. And I th it's never healed. So I'm afraid of snakes. Kane, be honest now. Well, uh, you know, I, I have scoured my memory and my uh, childhood to come up with something that scares me and, and honestly i mean it's going to sound stupid but i can't think of anything that really frightens me I, I mean i could say i'm not a fan of the hernia check or the digi digital exam but <laughs> i don't think anyone is really <laughs> well there's got to be someone but there's that's very specific and there are different doctors for that <laughs> yes, there's, yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely so uh, on the conversely you guys are both uh two of the most renowned monsters uh and also, you you play monsters on TV on on movies, oh, but uh, very clever. Guys, <laughs> guys, I'm gonna, these good sport awards. Hi, yo, I'm gonna knock him out. Oh, hey! <laughs> but enough of that. What do you? What is it that you think uh, allows a person, not a movie, but but a person, a character, to be scary to an audience? Because if anyone, you guys would be masters of this a hell of a lot more than than I would. Well, I'm lucky because. I was introduced to audiences in, 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 the, in the horror genre, courtesy of Wes Craven, and Wes had one of the greatest hooks of the latter 20th century, which is the nightmare. And it's universal. It's a universal condition. Everyone experiences them. So I got to ride and piggyback that, you know, for over eight films in a television series because it is so universal and it works on audiences so great. It, it, it's foolproof. And I think, you know, I'd love to take credit, you know, uh, for making the Nightmare on Elm Street movie successful, but truth be known, it's this great universal concept of the nightmare that everyone in the world shares. So that's why I, I think that those films scare people. But, you know, weird things work on, all, on different people. If I see somebody in an action film, uh, a girl in Jeopardy, run barefoot, run across glass, that freaks me out. Um, uh, claustrophobia sometimes in a film scares me. Uh, it, it, it's, it's interesting. I'm trying to think. I, I recently saw a film, and I'm going to forget now when I jumped. It, it, but it, I don't usually jump. Oh, I'll tell you what it was. It was 30 Days of Night. And they're, they're up in the attic, and one of the townspeople had Alzheimer's. And he starts making noise that the vampires are searching downstairs. And I, mean, I was ready to, I was screaming, shut up at the screen. You know, I was so involved. So that was that combination of, of claustrophobia and jeopardy and all of those elements together. So I think there's something of that kind of physical world that works on an audience as well as the surreal world. Well, I, I think the physical world, I mean, it helps. It's something you can, we have some experience with. I've been cut by glass. So if I yeah. see someone do that, it's different. Whereas if someone is being eaten by a giant monster, I haven't encountered too many of those. Ken, what do you, what do you think? I'm going to wrap it up. Just finish up. Ken, what do you, what, what do you think? What, what will make this scare people? What will make Fear Clinic... People will start thinking of their own phobias and picture themselves in this situation and just watching everything that's real instead of, you know, kind of uh, dreamed up in your imagination. Like some of the movies, particularly the ones I did, uh, didn't have really too much basis in reality. And I think this will really scare people because of that. I think Bibiani is coming along nicely, Gilmore, don't you? Yes. I <laughs> agree. Yes. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> We wanted to kill him. Um, so, guys, that basically is our episode for the week. We talked about some video games. We talked about some comics. We talked about some religion. 
and we talked about some movies. So so why do you why why haven't you shaved? Wait, why didn't we talk? We didn't talk about the trailer we just watched. Oh, the Alice in Wonderland trailer, <laughs> the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland trailer. We got time up the wazoo. The Alice in Wonderland presents the adventures of Johnny Depp as the Mad Hatter, directed by Tim Burton in 3D. Yeah, I mean, looking at this trailer in the presence of uh, Johnny Depp, it really does feel like Tim Burton is taking the main character in a, in, a, in a story again and been like, yeah, they're cool, but this guy, I want to make the movie about him. So we're going to see kind of what he did with the Joker as the Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. You know, It's the same guy. Yeah. He's like, just be crazy. I was the not same makeup. Like, what about the effects? Great, we get it. Computers are fantastic nowadays. <laughs> make a good movie. <laughs> Please make a good film. Uh, oh, you have the same. You have your wife in your movie again. Great. She's got a giant head. That's that's amazing. Are they married? Oh. They are married. Well, they've got. If they're not married, they wait. Who? Helen Bottom Carter. Oh, married? that's why she's always in there. I don't know. I mean, they, yeah. I watch this and I'm like, okay, well, if if it gets good reviews, I'll watch it. But I really don't feel like sitting through <coughs> two hours. I never saw the. Um, what was it, Willy Wonka? And the whole it's I never a, saw it's that. A, I didn't either, but it they're for, it seemed to be forgetting that movie or the story. It's about doing drugs. And I don't think they forgot that at all. Disney movie. Did you see these visuals? No, didn't like a pedophile write that or something too? Now you're no just a pedophile games. read it. Oh okay. <laughs> you. Uh, no no I think well, wasn't the original thing like so, like the original writer of Alice in Wonderland wrote it for some little girl that he'd hang out with Lewis Carroll Lewis Carroll I don't know man did it's you see possible. that fucking movie it's, it's, it's a crazy story I yeah, don't know what's, if there's I an like actual that. point to it Suppo- did, didn't Johnny the Depp play Lewis Carroll really fucked up. Lewis, didn't Johnny Depp play Lewis Carroll no he was he, he was uh, the guy who did Peter Pan oh that's right the guy Finding did Neverland Pan. oh Finding Neverland I like Neverland. that movie that movie's good let's just watch Finding Neverland instead uh, let's uh, just run. In finding 3D, like, find, uh, run Finding Neverland now. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. No. What? Are you kidding? <laughs> um, so guys, that really is our episode. We've had Graham Douglas here to break down the video game. That was. I, I'm. I'm enticed, my friend. I'm. I'll let you borrow it. I'll let you borrow it. Okay. When you're done, let me borrow it. That. That sounds like play, a good I gotta plan. play Wolverine too. We can switch it. We can switch it. You are You know what? What? what, what I got what? something for for them. Okay, um, it comes. I can't. Uh, okay, so speaking of superhero MMOs, ten minutes ago, uh, we have a uh, an exclusive uh, invite code for Champions Online. Okay, we have an exclusive invite code for Champions Online. If anyone, wa- if anyone who's really big into MMOs that think they they could do the review justice, um, we have a code for them. They Is will that be a able pun? To, they will be Did able you just to play. do a pun? What? He did. What? He's not smart enough to re- re- okay. re- yeah, realize okay. he did it. Okay. So, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So just email me at Gilmore at Geekscape dot net, and uh, if you're really into MMOs, you have to write a review like within a week. Play it for a week and write a review, and you get a free uh, invite to a game that no one's playing yet. Okay. So Champions Online, if you guys want to play it. Email Gilmore at Geekscape.net. An, MM, an in- free invite to an MMO that no one's playing yet. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're going to show up there and be like, it's going to be like the opening well, scenes from I Am Legend. The sound is good. <laughs> Everything like, looks okay. Echo, echo, <laughs> echo, echo. Anyone need help? Help. No? Help. All right. Guys, I'm here <laughs> to save the world. Oh, this sucks. <laughs> Maybe I'll push over a building while I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you become villains. Just fucking boredom. Uh, so, guys, I, I think that might be a good invite. Who knows? Maybe there's some NPCs hanging around. No, you can just lot. fucking take their heads off. There's like an exclusive amount No one's going to stop me. Sure. A lot of people are going to be hanging from buildings. You can, you can <laughs> save them. So, guys, I think that's a pretty nice offer there. What construction more. workers actually work at the top of a building anyway? <laughs> in their janitor jumpsuits. Help! I can't hold it anymore! What were you doing? That, what were you sweeping up that required you to get out on the ledge ten <laughs> feet above the actual roof? Oh shit, that's funny. Idiots. <laughs> they didn't just make a movie called Idiot Saver. You just run around. I'd watch the hell out of that movie. <laughs> Especially if they scold them at the end. They're like, uh, "Just help me understand." No. I <laughs> perdóname. <laughs> if they do it in Spanish, it'll be better. My purse. <laughs> so guys uh, Geek- Geekscape.net is where we hang our hats You can come check it out 
talk to the rest of us there on the forums. That's geekscape.net. Gilmore does a pretty good job of getting uh, articles up every day for you to read. Also, if you're a Facebooker, you look for us on Facebook. Search for Geekscape. Become a fan of Geekscape. Spread it. Join it up. Send it to your friends. If, what are the other things you can do? If you're a Facebooker. If you're a space. If, if you're on this new a, website, uh, you're you might a have heard of it. If you're a Facebooker, spread it. It's like if you're a hooker, spread it. Um, so listen, Twitter. So you're comparing your uh, your product here to a sexually transmitted disease or drugs or addiction. Just horrible, dirty needles. I think some of the people listening would not find uh, often uh, find offense at that. They would be like, all right, yeah, basically. STD. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, Makes me makes me sexually unappealing. <laughs> yeah, I think that describes Geekscape. <laughs> um, guys, Twitter.com. You can follow me, Jonathan you, London, you on Twitter. You succumb to that. I did. It's a great promotional tool and a great <coughs> way to make, make fun of DAGA. <laughs> Two jokes down. A whole lot of updates yeah. about the website to come. Uh, so, guys, you can join that. Um, and that's that uh, Gilmore Anything beyond Inviting them Into a wasteland <laughs> That you want to Give to the audience Have you asked, have, have you Oh well, we're done we'll What There's bring... just some other uh, We've got 20 minutes Of tape Post apocalyptic uh, Borderlands Yeah No is, was border, No because no, it's, cool, it's, it's, so it's an MMO uh-huh. Set in a, a Wasteland type situation nah, I don't, I've never heard of it I don't remember What it is either <laughs> They're doing a great job Promoting <laughs> But I saw some stuff that looked pretty cool. Hey, that was pretty tight, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> so guys, we'll see you guys. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week for some news from PAX and uh, reviews of whatever movie came out. I just didn't have the heart to go see H two and they couldn't uh, wait Final until Destination. October. But it's an acronym yeah. now. How cool is that? So think of it, that that is a remake, a reboot of a remake. A sequel a of se- a re- a Reese a sequel. The blood, blood, <laughs> blood just starts coming out of Graham's nose. He goes, <coughs> "That's what everybody walking into the audience should do." <coughs> There's bugs running across the floor. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. <laughs>